Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Over Easy. My name is Manny, in case you're new here or welcome back. If you are watching the video format on YouTube, you can obviously see the background is a little bit different today. I am living back at home, like my mom's house, for the next couple weeks. So I'm going to be podcasting from here. Audio is not going to be different, I hope, but video is going to be definitely different for the next um, three or four episodes, probably. I'm, I'm, I've moved back and I'm going to be staying here for almost a month because my mom and my grandparents went back to China. So I'm moving back to live with my brother. So that's definitely been interesting. We can talk about that in a little bit, but that's just the update. So sorry if the lighting is not as good. I didn't bring all of my, like, I didn't even bring my tripod. I forgot. Uh, or ring light. So we'll see how this goes. I might go back and grab it if I feel the lighting is not good at all. But honestly, I like the makeshift vibes. I think it makes it more fun. Anyways, I hope you're doing well. Hope you had an amazing week. Hope you're having a good day so far. We're going to start with a rose, a bud, and a thorn. I This episode's going to be all over the place. I'm just going to tell you that now. Um, I'm going to call it a let's chat to kind of bring it back to my YouTube days where I would just turn on the camera and talk about whatever was going on. But I'm also going to kind of call it like a, a look into my journal for the last week because I've been journaling a lot about a ton of different things and I've had a ton of different thoughts and I do want to share them all with you. Also, now that I'm podcasting again, I, I realize I it has come to my attention that I have a lot of people that actually listen regularly to this podcast in which I am very grateful and I really appreciate it. Um, I have noticed that the podcast fam is growing bigger and bigger every single day, which is crazy to think about and makes me very happy. I think I said this in my last episode, so if I sound like a broken record, I'm sorry, but I just need to reiterate how grateful I feel that this little passion of mine actually became actually became of something. Like I was just telling someone yesterday that I just met that I have a podcast and I think regularly I would feel very shy to bring that up because, oh, it's not super big and it doesn't have a ton of followers or whatever. But honestly, nowadays I feel like that doesn't even really, that's not what makes this podcast valid or not. It's not the number of followers, but the fact that people actually listen and I have a good time doing it is really all that matters. And that's what I've been doing. Okay, enough rambling. Let's get into a rosebud and a thorn. I am going to talk about these things in detail because obviously some of my rosebud and thorn are things that happened this week that I want to talk about more. So I'm going to just like give you a little synopsis. My rose, oh my God, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. My rose is that I went on a hinge date last night. <laughs> um, yeah, I am back in the dating and we'll talk about this later on this episode. This is definitely a huge bullet point that I want to cover today. But yeah, it was a lot better than I expected. I didn't really have expectations. I was definitely really nervous, but I didn't have expectations and it was great to be honest i don't know why my nose always runs whenever i film my podcast it's so disturbing to be honest so that's my rose i'll talk about more in detail later as i said bud and thorn um my 
what would maybe be next weekend i'm gonna be seeing a lot of my friends again this weekend is like my weekend of chill because the last few weekends i've been going out like crazy not like to the club and stuff but just like during the day we would go to different events and i'll talk about this later too but this weekend is my weekend of chill i haven't done much i'm not seeing a ton of people But it's nice because I need this in between the weekends of chaos. Otherwise, it's like way too much for me and I will literally explode. So I am looking forward to next weekend again. Now that I've recharged and rested, I'm looking forward to seeing my friends again next weekend when we go out, which is going to be super fun. And my thorn. My thorn is probably... Hmm. I mean, my thorn is that my grandparents have gone back to China for, I'm not going to say for good, but that is like the intention. The reason why they went back at this time was because actually last, near the end of last year to the beginning of this year, my grandparents had a few health problems and it was quite serious. It was something that our family was going through a lot. Um, And finally, luckily, the recovery went well and they are able to take the plane again so they figured you know since since this health thing has happened they want to go back to China because obviously my grandparents are getting older as everyone is and they want to be able to spend time with the people that they have in China like the rest of my family and also the friends they have because I mean they love living in Canada it's very nice and it's very refreshing but they grew up in China and have their whole life there so it is a big place for them obviously but it is obviously kind of sucks because I don't have any plans to go back to China soon and I don't know I don't even want to think about it but I think you know what I'm implying so yeah that's kind of the thorn is just yeah saying goodbye to them at the airport was kind of sad on Thursday All right, that's my check-in. Let's do a quick affirmation of the day for this episode, as we always do. All right, ready? You deserve the utmost care and attention. Give it to yourself. I love this affirmation. What the heck? This is so cute. You really do. I, I have been... This is my selfish era, as I have been saying and posting online. This is my selfish era. I'm literally only going to care about myself and what I need and what I want, given that I don't have a partner anymore. It's just really nice to be able to give yourself what you want and not have to rely on anyone else and also not have to spend your energy on anyone else. I know that sounds really selfish of me, but that is that is how I feel right now and that is the era that I'm going through okay I put my podcast plan on my phone usually have a little notebook but I didn't bring that notebook over to my mom's house so let's go over the next thing on my list is a little book update I have a book review and a book tbr because I have read a few books and I'm going to be reading more books and I'm so excited I love reading right now okay first off actually let me share this one first okay so I I raved about Single on Purpose by John Kim, which is a book by a therapist, but he also has a podcast and a website and everything like that. I'm obsessed with him now. Um, I listen to his podcast all the time. I listen to all the episodes. I love him. Um, But I recently found that he published a workbook, which is called 31 Days of Single on Purpose by John Kim. And it basically goes along with the book 
single on purpose, but every single day there is a mantra, there is a journal prompt, and there is like an activity for you to do. So for example, the day two mantra is love and relationships are only one part of my life, not my entire life. And then you do a little journal prompt, which is for this day it was, what's one thing you will do today to prove that your life is not just about love and relationships? It doesn't have to be some big terrifying action. It can be one small action, the first domino. And then they also have like a little fitness prompt, which is today's sweat is, it doesn't have to be a vigorous workout. It can be a hike, a yoga session, a walk, anything that gets you out of your head and into your body. And so it keeps going for 31 days, obviously. And there's different prompts that kind of re-attack obviously what does singlehood look like what are you doing in your singlehood and also just the the um what's the word like the preconceived notions that you have in your brain that you might not even realize like one of the days I remember you had to kind of redefine what relationships look like to you redefine what dating will look like for you and all this kind of stuff I really enjoyed this book I love journaling books that give you something to journal about every single day I think it just adds a little bit of excitement to a regular monotonous not monotonous but a regular very routine thing that I usually do like I journal every morning and there are some weeks where I don't have prompts at all and I'll just journal about the previous day or the day or whatever I feel but having these like little journal prompts to kind of spice it up for a little bit is really really fun I will say it this book wasn't like super life-changing like the prompts are at some times shallow and not super deep but it is still a nice change and I don't think that journal prompts have to kind of like reinvent everything that you think of every single time if you know what I mean you know journal prompts can be chill as well so I would definitely say yeah this book was a little bit more chill it wasn't like super reinventive in terms of like your psychology and stuff like that but I did really enjoy it so that is the first book now the actual books that I've read like the novels the first one is The Winners by Frederick Backman and it was only when I was doing my reading journal entry yesterday and I was looking at Goodreads that I realized that this is the last book in a trilogy and uh, now that I know that it makes so much more sense because the whole time that I was reading this book I was like I feel like there's not enough context to the characters and stuff like that. Like it still made sense, but I was like, you don't really get to know the characters very well and stuff like that, which now makes sense because obviously you probably knew them from the first and second book. That being said though, I still actually really enjoyed this book and it's like over 600 pages and I did make it through. It did take me a very long time to read this. It was like almost a month of reading it pretty much. I still really liked it because I really, really enjoy Frederick Backman's way of writing. I have realized this when I read other books like Anxious People and I can't, oh, A Man Named Ove. That was the, that was like the first book I read from Frederick Backman a long time ago. But I really like his writing style because it's not just like a normal novel where things will happen, but it's more like an expository essay novel and when I read uh like looked at the genre on Goodreads it's not just fiction it's literary fiction which kind of makes sense I just feel like Frederick Backman knows exactly which details to include and which ones to kind of leave out to make it a very very pleasant experience for the reader because this book is from a third person perspective so it's like a narrator basically you don't always know what all the characters are thinking but I think the narrator 
Frederick Backman does such a good job at choosing what details and what descriptions to include and what to leave out because I feel like it was just a very beautiful book. So I did really enjoy it. And now I think I might take out the first and second book so that I can actually read it and it makes sense. But yeah, everyone on Goodreads who read the third book was like, this is the perfect ending to the trilogy, stuff like that. So I do think I want to read the first and second book so that I can also appreciate this third one as much as I can. But that will come. I have a long TBR right now, so that might not come for a while. And the book I just finished yesterday is called One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I thought this was new because my library just got it, but it's from 2016. I like, this is probably one of my more, actually, let me think. Let me think if I, what I'm going to say is truth. I was going to say, this is probably my favorite T- Taylor Jenkins Reid book, but not favorite. I think Carrie Soto is back is probably the best one that I've read. And Seven Husbands of Eggville and Hugo. But I definitely like this more than Malibu Rising and Daisy Jones and the Six. And the two biggest reasons why I literally just did the reading journal entry for this. So I know my reflection right off the bat. The first reason is because of the writing style. Taylor Jenkins Reid in... Her other books like Carrie Soto is Back and Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo and Daisy Jones and the Six has a very particular way of writing, which is that it's very disjointed and uses mixed media. She has like newspaper articles and stuff like that. And that is a good style. I don't know. I personally don't love it. So that's why I've never really liked Taylor Jenkins Reid's books. I love her plots and like the story that she's trying to convey but I just never liked the way that she executed it through her writing style but this book is more of a normal (laughs) writing style in that it's just more like a novel and you just follow it throughout that makes it a really easy read and it was very very nice and the second reason that I like this book that much this much which might be a spoiler so I'm sorry in advance and you might want to skip ahead is that the main idea of this book is that It is possible to still love the people that you have loved previously and know that they are not right for you. And that has been a huge thing that I've realized recently. I think this just really hits home because this is like literally what I'm going through right now. And this idea really, really hits home and is really applicable to my life. And it's very nice to have it be validated in such a popular author's book and know that other people will read this book and also encounter this idea and to just just have it validated feels really nice because I have always felt this way throughout my past relationships I've always felt like you know I will still a piece of me will still always really love the people that I have dated before and I thought it was like a oh I will never get over them and that's kind of weird thing but now through this breakup I've learned actually it's okay it's normal and it's totally valid because I mean you spend so much time and effort loving someone so genuinely if you it's 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 impossible to just switch it off right as time passes obviously you'll kind of forget the memories or go through other things but there can still always be a part of you that loves that person that you've loved before it also reminds you of who you were back then which is another big idea in this book that I really really liked so those are the books that I've read recently pretty much in June so far the Frederick Backman one took me a long time to read so that's why I haven't read that much this month but I'm having a big TBR list right now so let's talk about what I'm going to read next 
I currently just started this book, which is called Bucket List by Georgia Clark. And it's basically, I'm like only four chapters in right now. It's basically about a woman who finds out that she has the gene for breast cancer or some sort of gene mutation. And she is basically, she goes through the summer of trying to complete a bucket list before her boobies get chopped off, which is kind of a lighthearted but also serious book that just sounds really fun okay my next two books that i have here are the first one is the sleeping car porter by suzette mayer i was just reading reading the background not the background the back of the book yesterday basically it's about a black man who has a job as a sleeping car porter on a train and there's one day where the passengers are more unruly than usual and the passenger secrets start to leak out and blur with the sleep, sleep deprivation hallucinations the main character is having. And then stuff happens. Yeah. It's set in the 1920s, which I usually never read books that are set in the past. I just don't really like them. But we'll see if I get through that. I might honestly push this to the end of my list because I have a few other books that I'm more excited about reading. The next book that I have is Shopomania by Paul Burton, and it is basically about our obsession with possession. I have been very, very into this idea recently of, you know, how much stuff do you own? How much stuff do you need? I've realized our online consumption really blows this out of proportion. And obviously with TikTok and Instagram and stuff like that, I'm not even on TikTok anymore, but I know that they're just promoting a different product every single week, every single day. And it's so unrealistic to be constantly shopping like that. Like there are people on TikTok who's those influencers, their job is to promote Amazon products every single day and make it feel like you need them. You must buy them. But that's just honestly not realistic at all. So this has just kind of been an idea that I've been thinking about a lot in my head personally, and I'm so glad I found a book about it. I'm really actually pretty excited to read this. Then I'm going to the library this afternoon and I'm going to pick up my next TBR books. Let me tell you what they are. The first one is You're a Badass, How to Stop Doubting Your Greatness and Start Living an Awesome Life. This one is so famous, but I haven't read it yet. And I'm really excited because I love watching booktube videos on YouTube because when I watch one of those videos, I literally just put all of them on my hold list at the library and it just gives me so many books to read. So that was from one of the videos. The second one, this is kind of random, but it's The Hunger Games not by Colleen Hoover. Who is it by? I can't remember what her name is. But I never read it when I was in elementary school. I kind of had a vendetta against it. But I think it's time for me to read this this classic in our generation. You know what I mean? So I'm going to read The Hunger Games. Next up, I have The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. I found this in one of my booktube videos. Again, don't really know what it's about. And Gone Girl. So those are also four more books I'm going to pick up this afternoon and I'm really excited. I love reading. I've been really in my reading game again. I think during the time when I was reading The Winners by Frederick Backman, I definitely had like points where I had very big lulls through my reading because I was like, oh my God, this book is so long and so hard to get through. Like I'll never get through it. But now that I finished it and I finished that Taylor Jenkins read book, I'm like, I can read anything I could read in one day. So it's been very nice. All right, that is my TBR and review. 
let's move on to the things that I actually want to talk about today in my Let's Chat episode. So the first thing that I want to talk about is kind of a realization that I've had recently. Recently, I have just been thinking about, I was like, I am so happy with my life right now. And this is after a couple weeks after my breakup. This was pretty recent, like maybe end of May. I was like, why am I so happy with my life? Not that I don't deserve to be, but I just want to know because obviously if I'm doing something that's making me really happy, I want to keep doing it, right? But I just made that realization. I was like, I'm so happy with my life right now. Why is that it? And I kind of made a really big brain realization. I don't know. I think it is, but you might think it's literally the most basic thing ever. But I have realized that my perceived value of my life is just so much higher right now than what I had previously, which is why I think I'm so much happier. So what I mean by that is my perceived value of my life. I will kind of give you a comparison to six months ago. Six months ago? So January? Yeah, six months ago. Me, my life. I moved out. I was living alone. I pay rent and I was working two jobs. So I would work from 8.30 to 2 at my first job and then 2.30 to 7.30 at my second job. So Monday to Thursday, I'm working 8.30 a.m. to 7.30 p.m. And to be able to sustain that, I woke up at 5 in the morning to be able to go to the gym because I prioritize exercise. But because of the tight turnaround, I could only stay at the gym for maybe 15 to 20 minutes. Okay, no, 20 to 30 minutes at most every single day. So I still was exercising, but only for 20 to 30 minutes and Eight minutes of that was on the Stairmaster, so you're only really doing like 15 minutes of strength training every single day, which is not a lot at all. And there are two things that made me incredibly frustrated with my life previously. And I knew this about myself. I knew this when I thought about my life at that time. The first was I hated that I could not go to the gym for longer. Exercise has become a huge part of my life ever since I joined my new gym in 2021, early 2021, I think. No, a summer of 2021 is when things started opening back up again. But since I started joining my new gym, I loved exercising. It was a big part of my life, especially after COVID and having to stay at home and all that. I really, really prioritize exercising. So during my last semester of undergrad, I was going to fitness classes at my gym and going to the gym every single day, basically like having a really good uh, relationship with exercise. And then throughout that summer after graduation, I was traveling a lot. So I didn't go like obviously every single day when I was out of town. But when I was in town, I would go and go do classes and do what I can. I just really, really liked it. So now flash forward to earlier this year or pretty much ever since I moved out. Now I had to switch to only going to the gym for 15 to 20 minutes to 30 minutes at most every single day doing strength training, not even fitness classes and just not not feeling like I could really get into it because as soon as I was really into it, I had to go. And this made me so frustrated because first of all, the perceived value, my gym membership is quite expensive. It is not a cheap membership. It's not Equinox level. 
it's um let me think so equinox is probably like 250 a month i would say my gym membership is just under a hundred dollars every month it's 72 right now and to pay 72 dollars to go to the gym for 15 to 20 minutes every single morning so let's do some math right like that's let's say five days a week four weeks so that's 20 times you're splitting 72 dollars among 20 times so that's about three and a half dollars every single time to go to the gym that's a lot to go for 15 to 30 minutes every single day three and a half dollars especially when you think about other gyms i know there are other gyms in my area that you only have to pay 15 dollars every two weeks so 30 dollars a month so i was incredibly guilty because i was spending so much money at the gym but not making the most of it and also frustrated because i couldn't really exercise like i was only doing the bare minimum and i really didn't like that because i wanted to push myself and get stronger so that was like the first part where i was really frustrated and obviously exercise is a very important thing to me so this was a really big reason why i was very upset with my life at the time the second is that i pay rent obviously because i chose to move out and the reason why i was frustrated was because again i pay a lot of money for rent it's 1700 dollars a month which is actually not bad considering the market right now, but it is a substantial amount of my income and I pay a lot of money for this apartment. But the fact that I work okay, from 5 a.m. to 7.30, maybe 8 o'clock at night, so that's 15 hours a day, I'm out of my apartment and not doing and not getting my values worth right? For 15 hours a day, I'm up, I'm awake, I'm out of the apartment because I don't work from home. And then, so that leaves me with, what, nine hours left of the day, 24 hours? Eight of those I'm sleeping. So I really only have one hour in my apartment. Obviously, this doesn't include weekends, but weekends I also didn't really do a ton. So I was like, I'm paying so much rent for this apartment that I love, but I can't even spend time in. It just made me so incredibly frustrated. Again, because I just felt like I'm paying so much money and I'm not getting the value that I want. It's the perceived value. So now we compare that to now, which is these two main things again, the gym. So starting since March, when I decided to study for the GRE, I could, because of my schedule kind of loosening up, I could go to the gym and I do fitness classes four times a week. So four times four is 16 classes a month, which means each class is about four, just over $4. And even though that's more expensive per visit, the types of classes that I do honestly are charged like 20 to $30 at other gyms for a single drop-in. And the fact that I can do them for four and a half dollars every single day makes it incredibly worth it in my mind. And it's just this perspective change of, oh my God, I'm getting so much value out of, or I'm just getting the value that I want, right? This is all subjective to what I think is worth it. Maybe someone might see my $72 gym membership and think it's never worth it to pay $72 to go to the gym because you might just want to get the cheapest, which is maybe like $30 a month at other places, which is totally fair. If you see that value is worth it and you never see $72 a month as worth it, then there's nothing that I can do to make $72 a month worth it for you. But for me, $72 is worth it because I'm going to classes almost every single weekday 
and I'm having fun and I'm getting stronger and I feel that. And so I feel like my money is a good investment. Uh, I previously talked about this in a very in an episode a very long time ago, which is money is a form of energy, right? You're using your money to bring certain energy to your life, which is, for example, me spending my money on a gym membership is bringing healthy energy, fitness energy, exercise energy into my life. So now that I feel that my energy is, the energy is really, really coming back to me and the money that I'm spending is really, really like, uh, just coming back in my life in a way that I would like. And I'm very happy with that. So that's the first change with the gym. The second is rent. Obviously now I'm working not 8.30 to 7.30 p.m., which is really nice. First of all, it's a lot more mentally sustainable for me. It was really, really hard both mentally and physically on my body to have that kind of work schedule. And it was not healthy at all. It was terrible. I would get really bad stomach aches at the end of my 7.30 p.m. shift because I knew I had to eat dinner but I would also go to bed at 9 p.m. So by the time I finished eating dinner, I was in bed. And that's just really bad for your digestive system. It was not good. But now that I'm working pretty much 8.30 to 4.30 every single day, it's still a substantial amount of time. It's like an eight-hour workday. But I get to come home after my fitness class and cook myself dinner, a proper dinner, a healthy dinner in my apartment. I get to, you know, enjoy the mornings in my apartment a little bit longer because I don't wake up at five anymore. I go, I wake up at six and I get to spend the entire morning in my apartment. And on the weekends, I am enjoying my time in the apartment as well. I think it also is that it's summer right now, so it's really, really nice out. Um, That's one of the reasons why I decided to rent this apartment was because the direct sunlight that comes in is like incomparable. So I feel just a lot happier with my investment into my apartment because obviously now I feel like there's more value coming out of it. And so this is like the biggest perspective change and actual change that I've made in my life that I feel like is making me a lot happier is my perceived value of these very important parts of my life are really, really high. And I really, really like that. And also I've been, now that it's summer, going out with my friends a lot more. Last weekend, I think I talked about this briefly because I would have went last weekend, but last weekend I went to Japan market with my friends. We got lunch after. We also went to Italian day on Sunday. It was just so much fun to be able to go out to these different events and have fun, connect with my friends, eat good food, enjoy good music, and just live life. Before, partly because I was in a relationship and also because my schedule was so busy before, I didn't really get to do any fun stuff. Also because it was winter. You know, winters just kind of suck in Vancouver. But I would, I only had two days off. I would spend one day cleaning and then spend the other day with my boyfriend at the time. And that was just not healthy at all. Like I just felt like I never had time to myself. I never had time to my friends. It was not good. So right now, the biggest change is that the perceived value of my life has just increased so much more in every single aspect, I feel. Even work. Now that I, I've thought for the longest time because I was straddling these two jobs that I liked, I would be really happy because I'm doing two things that I like. But I realized that spreading my energy like that was actually making me a lot more tired and just not as happy. Now that I have one job to focus on and one job that I can get really good at, 
it's been so much more fun and so much more enjoyable. And I, I can see it in the people that I work with too. Like the customers have been so much nicer to me. I've been learning so much more. It's just been overall a much better, much better time in my life right now. So I'm really, really happy with that. So that is kind of the biggest thing that I want to bring up. When I made this realization, I think I made it on Wednesday night. I was like, oh my God, my life is great. So that is the first thing I want to share in my episode. Let me check back on my plan and see what my next thing is. Okay. My next thing that I want to talk about is a thought that I've been having for the last little bit. I've had it for a while, actually. And it is that I'm considering starting a blog. (laughs) I know this is so weird and random, but I really want to start a blog and I've had I've been thinking about this quite a bit and I think it is something that would be really fun for me. I obviously, I talk about this a lot. I make YouTube videos, I make podcast episodes and I love making podcast episodes because first of all, I just, when I'm in the mood to talk, I talk forever, aka right now. I love podcast episodes also because it's really, I've like always been a person who can't really cut down what they're saying like for example right now with making tiktok content or youtube content you have to have you have to be constantly entertaining the audience otherwise they're going to scroll away and i just don't like that pressure i like that in a podcast the intention that people have is that they're going to spend the hour with you so you can delve deep into details and talk about things and even go on tangents because the expectations with a podcast is just different from YouTube and TikTok and short form content. So I really like podcast. I think I've just always fit with podcasts a little bit more and I really love it, especially this year. I feel like it's just been really healthy for me to talk things out, even if it's just to a camera. So that's podcast is not going anywhere. Don't you worry. But I've been recently thinking about YouTube and I don't really think I enjoy it a lot anymore. I really liked it before when I was in university and stuff because I just had that motivation to edit and make fun videos. Right now it's just not really there for me right now because I feel like first of all I feel like there's so much pressure as I was just saying with YouTube is to just be constantly entertaining the audience. I mean YouTube the analytics bar I don't know you guys might not know because you might not make YouTube videos but when you go to the analytics page it's just really stressful because it'll tell you immediately like oh people are watching your video for less time like only five minutes instead of eight minutes long and it's just a lot of stress because you can see it in your face that people don't enjoy your content and okay sure I could say I don't check I don't want to I don't check the analytics page and then this problem would not exist the other thing with YouTube that I don't love right now is just that I feel like I have to constantly be on especially because I only vlog on weekends I've tried vlogging on the weekdays with my work it's it's not possible and then to have to constantly feel like I'm living for the camera every single weekend is just a very stressful and not the best And so also what I've realized is I don't love like having to constantly show everything and feel like I need to be entertaining all of the time because again, it's just, it's just too much for me. I feel like I am actually quite an introverted person and having to do that 
all the time on the weekends, like which is basically my only time off, is not the best. So I have recently been thinking about blogging and the reasons why I think I would love it. Let me pull up my journal again. I was just talking about this yesterday in my journal. I, okay. So the first reason why I think I would love blogging is because with the YouTube camera thing, I said I'd be more suited to blogging because naturally my introverted self doesn't have the pizzazz to be on camera. I think I'm very average. I'm not super entertaining and, or I I guess I can be, it just depends on the day. I don't have that like ability to be on all the time. But the, actually the biggest things that I think I would love most about blogging is first of all, I love writing. I love writing and I think I'm really good at it. This is from years of English tutoring from high school and not even elementary school onwards. Um, I think I've just developed very good writing and I love writing. I write in my journal pages every single day and it's just, I love, like my, my mind just naturally works best with writing because I don't know if anyone else feels this, but when I want to talk about something, like when I when a thought comes into my mind about something I want to journal about or something I want to think about, I have specific sentences that will come out. I know some people when they journal, they just kind of brain dump and literally just like write as they think. But for me, journaling, I've actually always like had pre-planned sentences that I want to write out in my journal. I'm like, oh, that's a very good sounding sentence and really applies to this topic. I don't know if that makes sense, but my mind has always just catered towards writing. Also, I'm not the best at speaking on the spot. Obviously, with my podcast, I always have to make a plan. Otherwise, I feel like I won't hit everything that I want to talk about. And I think writing just makes it a lot less pressure because obviously you can go back and edit and you can write as you feel. So I think blogging would be great because also that... There are a lot of different things in my life that I want to share online, but I don't want to share everything, right? Like YouTube does. I want to share about places that I go and eat. Oh, this is another thing I feel is that sometimes I want to make content about a certain thing, but I feel like it's not enough to be its own video, if that makes sense. But I feel like with blogging, you can take a really small thing, like for example, my visit to the night market and make that a whole blog post. And there's also no pressure with it being a certain length or anything like that. Like, I think it's just a lot easier and I think it would be better for me. Okay, so you might be thinking, oh my gosh, Manny, you're talking about so many positive things about blogging, then why don't you just do it? The reason why I'm holding myself back right now is because I am a person who gets obsessed with something for like two weeks and then just drops it. And I've realized, I used to hate this about myself, but I've realized it's just something that I need to deal with. You know, there are ebbs and flows in my hobbies. And so, I mean, I could do it and just not put pressure on blogging and like blog for two weeks and then stop for a month. I don't know, but I just also don't know about my time commitment right now. So if I were to do it, I want to do it well. Anyways, let's move on because I've been talking about this. I've been recording forever and I'm still not even done. Okay, so Let's move on to the juicy part, which is I went on a Hinge date last night. (laughs) So I have been on Hinge for a little since the top of this month, pretty much. And um, I am calling this my research era. I'm, I'm in my research girl era, you know, a woman in STEM, M being men. 
So my intention with dating right now is not to find a long-term partner at all. Um, I really don't want to, to be honest. I am just trying to see what is out there and just figure out like, you know, my, my idea is how am I supposed to know what I want when I don't even know what's out there, like what is possible Right. I think I just need to meet a lot of different people and figure out what I want and figure out who I vibe with, what kind of characteristics I want. Because obviously coming out of a, a breakup, any relationship, you're like, I don't want this and this and this and this anymore. But then you're like, well, but what do I want? So that's what I'm trying to do right now. And every date I'm going to go on is going to be like a little dot on my research scatter plot. I don't want to talk too much in detail about like the actual details of the date. First of all, because I want to do a whole episode on online dating and now that I think about it. And second of all, because I told the guy that I have a podcast. So in the ever slight chance that he finds this and listens to this, I don't want to expose myself. (laughs) but it was a good date I had a lot of fun and it was just nice to meet someone new for once I feel like I've been with a lot of the same people obviously I've been hanging out with my friends a lot and stuff like that so it's nice to meet someone new and be able to kind of share new things and share and learn things about yourself so it was good Um, what I want to talk about. Oh yeah. The second thing I want to say is there's still a point in dating, even if the person isn't your soulmate. And this has taken me a while to understand. And I'm still working through it right now. For the longest time I was like, I only want to date if this person is someone I can get married to in the future. But I think especially right now in my young 20s, dating is more of an exploration phase right now. Because again, like I said, I know what I don't want. But what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to know what I actually want? And you can only do that through experience. I think one of the things that I would very much regret in my life is if I come out of life and feel like, oh, what if I dated someone like this? What if, what if, what if? I don't want to have what ifs. So I want to have as many experiences as I can. And um, that's what I'm going to do this summer. This one was my first one ever. Also my first hinge date ever. I, The last time I was single, I was on Tinder mostly. And a little bit of hinge, but I didn't really like hinge last time. Um, and I did go on a few dates last time that I was single. I can talk about this all in my online dating episode that I will probably not do for a while. But it'll come eventually. I will share my stories. I don't even think I've shared them on the podcast before. So I really hope the guys that I went on dates on do not listen to this or find this in any way, shape or form, but I will talk about it eventually. Okay. Because there are some fun details. There are some fun experiences, but, um, this time around I'm only on hinge mostly because I think Tinder is too overwhelming or I think having both was too overwhelming. First of all, I tried downloading both, but I was like, no, no, this is way too much. Um, And I decided to stick with Hinge because it's easier to start conversations. You can, you know, you literally like like someone's profile or whatever, and you can send a message to them and start the conversation like that. And also you can see that people like you. Whereas for Tinder, when you're swiping right and left, you don't really know and you're kind of taking a chance. And then the conversations don't really happen as naturally. So that is that. That's why I'm on Hinge. Um, I, again, just having fun this summer, meeting new people, living my best life. And whatever that looks like for you, you can do whatever you want. That's what I'm doing. 
Um, so I'm not going to talk about my date. I will talk about it another time because as much as I want to share the details with you guys, because you know, you guys are my besties and I want to share. I just can't right now, really in case I expose myself and also because I want to have a lot of different stories to share and not just one. So we'll do that again eventually. But that's kind of the main things that I want. And I feel like now that I've gone on my first date, I feel so empowered and I'm like, I could, I'm going to schedule one every single week. I don't know if I'm going to be that extreme, but we'll see. Biggest thing is that I don't want to catch feelings right now. So no attachment. I'm, I got to stop myself as any way that I can. But one thing that I have thought about as I'm, you know, re-entering dating and just like doing it casually, but still thinking about it is attachment style. It's such a very real thing. I know we learn about it a lot, like in psychology classes and we talk about it and stuff, but it is really legit. Like, I think that was attachment style is one of the reasons why my last relationship ended maybe even my first one too is I think you really have to understand your personal attachment style and what that means to you if you don't have any awareness of it it can be very hard to make connections with other people so I personally think I have a secure slash anxious attachment anxious because of the way that I was brought up in terms of feeling love and affection But I am slowly transitioning and healing myself into a secure attachment. And I think even this short time that I've been single has really helped. I think I'm so much more independent and capable and not as dependent on a relationship to feel valid and loved, which is really nice. So one thing that I would suggest is for you to figure out your attachment style because whether you're even in a relationship right now or not I think it can really help if you're in a relationship now it really helps with understanding the behaviors that you do I'm trying to think of an example that I have but for me for example I actually I kind of think I, I might have all three attached. I don't know but you know we can think about this we can talk about it the reason why I think I have an attach anxious attachment style is because there are times in my previous relationships where I just felt very dependent on the approval of my partner in order to feel valid and that is obviously very unhealthy and there are certain points of anxious attachment that can be very unhealthy. So that was one thing I realized after my breakup. I was like, oh my God, like... I rely on my partner to make me feel happy and valid and and I need their approval before I do anything, which is like so stupid because honestly, just live your best life. That's what I've been, this is one thing I'm trying to heal myself of is making sure that the only decision and approval that I need is my own for anything that I do in my life. And that's what I've been doing this summer in my hot girl summer, okay? <laughs> um, but it also really helps with knowing what kind of person you want to connect with. Um, If you're looking for a long-term relationship, I mean, even short-term too, because there are certain things that I cannot tolerate anymore. And those are, I guess, characteristics of avoidant attachment. So for example, when I get upset or my partner and I have a fight, I can't tolerate someone who isn't willing to communicate. Even if their communication is, I can't communicate right now. That is communication in itself. And I need that. And I 
didn't have that when I was in my avoidant attachment relationship with my partner, which was not healthy for me because as I said, I'm an anxious attachment. So when you don't talk to me for days, I'm here spiraling and just like thinking the worst and it's terrible. So it's definitely just like a boundary for me now as I still heal myself. Maybe when I become fully secure, if I ever do, that is something I can tolerate. But as of right now, it's just not something that I can handle. And that's very fair, right? You are entitled to whatever you need in a relationship. You just need to find the person that's right for you. Anyways, that's going to be the end of today's episode because I've been recording for almost an hour and a half. What the heck? This is what I mean by I talk so much. It's crazy. I hope you enjoyed this episode and a glimpse into what I journal about. Obviously, not everything because there are certain things I want to keep personal to me, but I've always been such an open book. I'm willing to talk about anything and it's very evident because I have a podcast where I talk about very detailed things. Hope you enjoyed. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next week for another new episode. Bye.